The head of the University of the South Pacific's journalism program says there are concerns about an ongoing review of Fiji's repressive media laws, but they're giving the new coalition government the benefit of the doubt. Media freedom in the Pacific country took a dive in 2010 with the introduction of the Media Industry Development Act by the Fiji First Government led by former Prime Minister Frank Bainimarama. Though watered down over the years, it's still repressive and contains exorbitant penalties and even jail time for media practitioners in the country who break the law. The new coalition government under Sitiveni Rambuka has promised to review the laws, but Shailendra Singh says seeing is believing. I spoke with Professor Singh and began by asking him to describe Fiji's media environment before 2010. Okay, so before, see, Fiji media, before the change, media was relatively free, certainly freer than before the Media Act was introduced in June 2010. I think I wrote a paper in which I described the media freedom situation in Fiji, media rights in Fiji, as to being almost on the same level as Australia and New Zealand, which is saying a lot compared to what has happened after June 2010. Um, like no one was really afraid to speak openly and there were no punitive laws in place and the, the scene was quite robust. There were a lot of discussion and there were adequate laws in place to take care of the situation where the media to step out of line, for example, defamation. So the Media Act, as you know, was implemented in June 2010. And uh, we did some research on the 10th anniversary uh, of, the, of the Media Act. We thought we'd look into the Act. And uh, what we found was a plethora of problems. And, of course, you know, PNG is about to introduce its own Media Act. And we feel that some of our findings are relevant for PNG as well. The first thing that we were concerned about, I mean, this is way back in 2010, June, uh, in 2010, was the lack of consultation with the media sector before the act was implemented. This is the Fiji media sector I'm talking about. Now, PNG, I've read, has extended consultations by a week, and even that is deemed insufficient. Now, in Fiji, the media were given less than three hours to provide feedback on a really complex 50-page legal document. Imagine that, just, you know, two and a half hours, I think it was. Um, so there was one major concern. Right from the outset, there were problems with the lack of consultation. Okay, in PNG, at least some time is given. Maybe I think it's about two weeks in total, if I'm not mistaken. They said they'll extend it by a week. Uh, so that's one problem. Now, the second problem we found in our analysis uh, was that the government officials' powers in the Fiji Media Act meant that the media had actually transited from self-regulation to government regulation. So you were asking about what the situation was before the Media Act came into place. So prior to the Media Act, the the media were self-regulated. After the Media Act, it became government-regulated. I think the only country in the South Pacific where the media was government-regulated. Media self-regulation is a hallmark of a free media in a democratic situation. Okay, it, it, it's, a, it's a hallmark of democracy. And government-regulated media is kind of seen as undemocratic in a democratic setting or in a democratic country. So since independence and even before independence, the Fiji media, as I was saying, was quite free based on the fourth estate model, watchdog of government. Uh, once the media came under government control, it represented a profound change in Fiji's media history. So the question before us today is whether PNG is going through the same process and will it also end up like Fiji? 
Yes, no, very important points raised there. I remember coming to Fiji from Solomon Islands. I think it was a year after the the media um, uh, act was brought in. I think it was still a decree. I think it was called at the time. And I noticed the difference in our Solomon Islands newspapers in terms of content and what was the front page and all of this. And I just re- saw the difference in what the front page was and the different stories inside were um, quite quite pro-government and even like government releases. And I sort of asked, so I asked my auntie, like, did you see anything wrong with the paper layout or the... And she said, no, that's the news. Like, you know, for a normal, just a normal person reading the news. So I, I what my question is, what was the impact of... Uh, this act of this law on the media landscape, but also the the type of of information that was being consumed by the Fijian public. So yeah, the media became much more subdued than before uh, because of the punitive measures in the media in the Fiji Media Act. Uh, they were not willing to take risks because not only was there possibility of steep fines, but also jail terms for the editors and the publishers as well as the broadcasters. Uh, one of the few changes to the Media Act after a number of years was that the penalties, the punitive measures against journalists was removed. So if you are a rank-and-file ordinary journalist, you were kind of immune. There were no fines or jail terms against you if you breached the Act. But this was seen as a half-measure or ineffective in that the penalties for the editors and publishers remained intact. So this was seen as a very clever, indirect way of imposing censorship. So the censorship burden, so to speak, was passed on to the editors and the publishers. Because they were exposed and because they were at risk themselves, uh, it was thought that they would keep the reporters in line. So they would impose censorship on the work of their journalists for for the sake of their own safety and for the uh, organization's sake, in order not to incur any fines. Because, see, the, the, the media organizations could be fined up to $100,000. Now, we, in our research, we found this to be excessive. Given the small size of the Fiji media sector and the low profit margins, as well as the low salaries of uh, editorial staff, the fines seem quite disproportionate. And this was also against international benchmark, which calls for the penalties to be proportionate to the level of, not only the level of offending, as well as, you know, the income, the income levels. And these are, the, these are all the things we think that PNG should look out for in its own draft media act. Now, Fiji's in, had a change in, in government, and um, it seems a change in attitude towards uh, the media act. There's been some reconciliatory ceremonies held um, uh, a lot of talanoa around the aspect. Um, what's the opportunity here and what, what are the pathways forward for reforming Fiji's Media Act? Now, the new government has been making the right noises. In one of my articles, I wrote that the Media Act, the Fiji Media Act, is still in place, uh, but it is effectively redundant. This is because the new government is unlikely to invoke that Media Act having criticized it so much. Uh, And also, they are already now working on a new media act. Now, initially, I remember during campaigning, the opposition parties, the deputy prime minister, Mr. Bill Ngavoka, he was talking about repealing the act completely. 
but now they are talking about revising or replacing the Media Act. So the Media Act will still be in place, but hopefully it will be a watered-down version that will not impede on the role of the news media, which plays a very important part in any democratic setting. So it is really essential that we have a strong and robust media. It is also important that uh, the media also shows some consideration for the Fiji context. Yes, we agree that we've got a cool culture in Fiji and we also have ethnic tensions in Fiji. And these are the things that the news media have to factor in in their daily work. So the opportunities are there, but we won't know for sure until we see the new act, uh, what, what shape or form it takes. And uh, if it's access, excessively punitive, then we would have seen no improvement. And there is a little bit of concern because the reality is this. Any government, almost any government, once they gain some kind of hold, authority or power over the news media, usually they are very reluctant to let go of it. Any hard-earned power over the media, hard-acquired power over the media, they would not let go of it easily. Because as you know, part of the media's job is to criticize government and hold government to account. And, uh, you know, any government, most government, they don't like that. And if they can sort of blunt, you know, the media's, the media in some way, I think by and large they will take the opportunity. But we will give this new government the benefit of the doubt. I think they understand the damaging impact that the Fiji media has had uh, on media rights for more than a decade now in Fiji.